we uh, we will be taking pauses from time to time because this I'm is working. It. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast. We are in what I would consider, I don't know, something I like to do all the time, which is which is drink wine, uh, talk about a little bit of politics like we did before, uh, rub elbows with a fellow New Yorker. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell me where we're at? Uh, this is Mark Gambusa, fellow owner. Italian too. There you go. You know, if I might not be the smartest guy, but you know I can whip together a mean meal. Yeah. Um, we are at my little shop on Fleming Street, five nineteen Fleming Street, Uva Wine Shop. Yes. And uh, Mark, it's nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to have someone with a fellow uh, awesome name. And, uh, <laughs> and clearly, I could tell you're a musician by the way you are operating the and controlling that microphone. Oh, thank we you. We can get into that later. But tell me, how long have you been down here in Key West? Uh, just about 10 years now. And why? What Was it music that got you down here? Uh, you know, if, coming from the Northeast, yeah. the weather's always a big factor. Yeah. But in all honesty, I've been in this service industry since I'm 16. Mm -hmm. And um, people, um, New York, tri-state area became a white-collar world. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But the divide, socioeconomic divide up there, um, if you're not working in that white-collar world, it's like being in high school again and not fitting into any of the cliques. <laughs> yeah. I'm turning 40 and people are talking to me like I'm a second grader. Right. You know, I right. own the restaurant. I'm behind the bar and people are asking me stuff every night. Um, you got a real job during the day? Yeah. You ever think about going to school? Like what, where's, how did that happen? Right. Whereas if you don't sit behind a desk, you can't possibly afford to enjoy the benefits of anyone of a community. Right. And from coming down here for a long time, you really get the sense no one really gives a, a crap. Shit. Yeah. A shit. I can curse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. No one gives a shit. And you yeah. kind of know that. Yeah. And I just decided that this is the way I want to live. If I'm going to work, I want to enjoy the whole ride of going to work every day as opposed to it being a miserable experience that you're just drudging through the week. Yeah. You know. There's you know, got to be a better I hear way. You. I love it. I mean, you got sleeves of tattoos. I've got sporadic ones. Yeah, you're all a over. mess too. Yeah. So I understand mm -hmm. the the stigma that comes sometimes with appearance. And for me, I like I'm empathetic to that. Like I'm empathetic. Like I'm gonna get tattoos and certain people are gonna look at me a certain way, but I'm okay with that because I don't know them. That's their opinion. We can all get along no matter what, right? right? But I understand what well, what you're saying is just because you're working behind a bar or working in a hotel or cleaning rooms or doing all that doesn't that doesn't mean you're like a shitty person. What that means is is it you're working just like anybody else. Right. And it's that simple. You know, whenever someone goes back and reflects back on high school thinking about like the best time of their life, I'd shoot myself yeah. if I ever went back to fucking Me college. Too. That heaviness of like, you know, going through puberty yeah. and figuring out your place and where you're going to fit in, that's heavy shit. Yeah. And to see people through their whole life do that, you know, uh, point in case, you know, you live in the city when you get out of college, mm -hmm. New York City, we're yep. talking about. And now all of a sudden you meet someone and you want to settle down. Oh, you got to go out to the suburbs. Yeah. Okay. And now you're in the suburbs and you have a kid and now you move up right. the ranks. Well, 
I can't drive a Toyota anymore. Look at my neighborhood. Exactly. How can I show up with yeah. a Toyota? I mean, to carry that same crap you did in high school throughout your life, that's pretty heavy. It's hard enough to... F- I think pe- more people should just concentrate on being a good person. Yeah. And when you filter out all that other crap, you probably can do more good work in the world just worrying about your own actions with other people uh, yeah. as opposed to the appearance of... Well, this- listen, it, it's so true because what ends up happening is you work at a job you hate to make money, to buy things you don't want, to impress people <laughs> you don't even know, and then go back in that whole circle because this is what society, air quotes, society says you need to do. Whereas the attorney that's making $150,000 a year but is miserable but loves G.I. Joe and has loved that his whole life, couldn't create a podcast and a blog nowadays and hustle for four years and now be the same age he is four years later and making $85,000, but be happy as shit every day, every day. So, you know, there's people that I follow and I listen to online and it's like, they, they really are starting to push that happiness is the new ROI not how much money you have, how happy you are, because you got one shot at this. So why bother dick around and go for, yes, I want uh, three extra bedrooms in a house that collect dust because I never go in there, and 50 pairs of shoes, but I end up wearing the same two all the time. Mm. For what? That's really Uh, the question here. Yeah, you you know, someone told me a long time ago, a friend of mine, older gentleman, kind of like a mentor in business, Yeah, he, he, he... told me, gave me the best piece of advice ever. And it's only sunk in in the last <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Know when to say when. Yeah. When's enough enough. Right. It's so true. It's, I mean, and I'm blessed enough, and we'll get into all where we are and, and how you got here, but this is a great topic, and I think people need to hear more of it, is for me personally, because I moved around so much with my family, I'm married, I have an 11-year-old, we bounced around so much, and throughout all that moving, it was like, the suitcase got lighter and lighter mm. because who the hell wants to carry around all the stuff? And then you realize like, okay, I use these four pots all the time. What do I need 12 for? Mm. These are going to go. And now you're working around with like the essentials, which is what's really important. And we were blessed because that moving, that that pack rat life forced us to to realize that a lot earlier than it, most it, people. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm laughing as you're saying, saying this. Uh, my wife, um, who I definitely married up, you know, thank God for women <laughs> that make too. bad Me decisions, too, yeah. right? Um, it was, worked on a trading desk in Manhattan yeah. forever. Uh, not materialistic at all. Awesome person. But that lifestyle, you know, there's that thing about living someplace cold yeah. and where your life is miserable. Yeah. What do you do to make yourself feel good? You shop, yeah. right? Lots of shopping. So, so our first house... When we moved, when my wife moved into my house, I had to build her a walk-in closet for her, her clothes and her right, shoes. Right. Our second house, I had to build a walk-in closet for her clothes and her shoes. Yeah. We were on a third house down here in Key West. Yeah. You it's had to, funny over the you turned a bedroom into the- over the twelve years I'm with my wife. She only shops when she actually needs something. Now. Yeah. Everything has been given away. Yep. You keep what you know you're going to use again, yeah. and that's it. It's yeah. just you know, we I guess do things like that to make ourselves feel good. Yeah. And, you know, your whole podcast is mm-hmm. based upon the whole Key West experience. Yeah. It just feels good to be here. Yeah, it does. It does. And it and one of the main reasons why I'm doing this is because I want to have a conversation with business owners that are down here to let other people know whether you're living here, whether you're coming down here, that it's like 
there is business going on down here and there are smart people down here and there are people who are building things because it's their dream or it's something they love to do, not just to cash in. You know, this place inspires creativity, yeah, art, yeah, and business, yeah. the entrepreneurial creativity. Yeah. I mean, this place is great. Come down here with a dream, you can make it happen. Yeah. Or you might create a dream when you're down here. Right. I mean, I know that's what I did when yeah. I got here. I had no intention of going back into business. I owned a restaurant for 11 years. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> right. So let's go into a little origin. So you, what was your reasoning to come here the first time? Did you hear somebody talk about it? Um, <laughs> the... Growing up in New York, yeah. it was interesting. Back in the day, yeah. now I'm sounding like an old dude. Yeah, right. No one came to Key West. I didn't even know where the hell Key West was. Right. You know, you went, you knew Miami, you knew Lauderdale, you knew Orlando. Right. And like um, Daytona, because Miami was even like Scarface back then. Exactly. Right? People were scared of it. I, I, exactly. And well, there was back in the first time I went there in the early 90s, I liked CD things. Yeah. And that was like right in my wheelhouse. But, you know, at some point, I just always liked doing things no one else is doing. I right. didn't want to. It's kind of my DNA. Yeah. Let me have my own experience. So uh, years ago with a, a bunch of my friends, um, we were like, okay, we're, we're going to go away. My friend was getting married, and this was going to be a quote-unquote pseudo-bachelor party. Yeah. And we didn't want to go to Vegas with strippers and all that yeah. stuff. I'm not knocking if that's your thing. Right, but that wasn't, right. it wasn't your thing. We wanted to have an experience. Yeah. And we were like, okay, no one's been to Key West. We kind of knew about it. Yeah. And we rolled the dice, and we came down here. Wow. And, and then I never missed a year until I moved here. Wow. So you came down the first time and you were like, holy shit, this is something I love. And immediately- well, it's funny. The first day that I was here, we were staying down at the Hyatt on Front Street. Mm-hmm. So we're walking up to Vol Street. And after about a four block walk, I was like, this is like the shitty side of the Jersey Shore. Yeah. What is this crap? Right. The next day, I went jogging. Mm-hmm. And I probably, I can't remember, but it was a long run. And yeah. I was like, I saw this, I saw that, and then I was like, hey guys, we need to go here and go here. Yeah. And on that very first trip, the five days I was here, I found all those great little pockets of Key West. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and that, those pockets now, and this, and flash fo- forward 15, 16 years later, they're all over the place now right. down here. Yeah. The whole island is filled with those pockets right. now. And, and now you even go to Stock Island and you have that happening over there too. Right. So I like that. I like the branching and the the pockets. I like you're absolutely right with the Jersey Shore. Just like what what Miami Beach it was like Ocean Drive was like seedy and you know, you go to a restaurant and they they're serving mac and cheese and pizza and sushi and Chinese and and you're like how could one restaurant make all this? I know. Cuz it's crap. <laughs> and and not not going to do Wall Street at all, but it was like it's not just that. There's a lot more to this place than just that. And that's why one of the reasons I love being here is because you want to go and hit the bar scene and listen to some awesome music and do that. Like live music here is great compared to any place else in Florida. There's like no real live music scene mm-hmm. anywhere. So it's so nice to be here and have that. And then to have those people that are like, listen, guess what? There's not a lot of fancy things here. So what do I need to save all my money to buy fancy things? Mm-hmm. Do I want a Range Rover? Well, good luck. You're going to have to go all the way to, to Miami to get it. So yeah. you're like, maybe I'm just going to have this other car or just have a scooter or just have a bicycle. What mm-hmm. do I need all that for? What, what do, why we have three people live in our house and we have three cars and we don't need that here. Right. You know, you know the, the most interesting thing about this place is most Caribbean places, as beautiful as they are, and maybe the beaches are um, bigger and the sand is whiter. Yeah. There's nothing to do. Right. 
You go there, you sit on the beach, right? And you eat all your meals at the hotel. Yeah. I mean, what I was thought about the appeal of Key West was the fact that you, the water is absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And I, I don't care if Fort Zach has rocks on it. I love that beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you could also go to a play yeah. and see a good band play yeah. or a good musician yeah. and have a dinner that rivals anything that I would find up in New York. Right. And you can go walking down a side street and see somebody painting a home. Right. Right? Like right out there. And you're like, oh my God, this is great. With, with probably the best friggin' eye candy you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, let, yeah. let's face it. There are a lot. I've, I've been here a long time and there's a lot of people that come down here. They strip themselves of all the constraints of where they were. Yeah. I mean, if you know who Max is. Yeah. The guy that drives yeah. around with the angel wings, yeah. guy's my friggin' idol. Wow, I know. I mean, like he, it's like you know what? This is who I am. Right? Fuck you. Do it. it I'm, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. If I'm gonna put angel wings in a corset on, I'm gonna do it every day of the yeah. week, and, and I'm, I'm gonna, gonna own it. it. Yep. It's great. I mean, it, you were, you're speaking my language totally. How you have this freedom, and I see it. I see people <laughs> that like on day one, the douchiness is at a ten, and and by the end, they're like, why do I have to go? Because they re- they're starting to realize that all of these fake things that they were doing before this facade pe- is starting to peel away. And that's like the appeal to those kind of people. That's why, like, don't get us wrong here. There are $15, 20000000 million homes all in Old Town. It's not like, you know, there's just shanty town everywhere. Right. There's very, very wealthy people that own and live here. Maybe not full-time, but some are full-time. But we can be in this wine bar Sitting like mm. this whole wine bar could be full of people, and you wouldn't know the difference. See, and that's the amazing thing. <clears throat> Other communities, people like that, lock themselves behind an iron gate. Yeah, these old town homes w- with these wealthy people. This street is on a sidewalk. Yeah, where tourists walk by, homeless people walk by. Yeah, bartenders. Yeah, uh, cooks, people that clean hotels, and they socialize and they become part of the community with all these people. There's yeah. no separation based upon socioeconomics yeah. in this community. That's what makes it special. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you come down here, you're coming down every year, you're like, all right, I'm making the move. What was that What was that reason to finally make the move? Well, I decided the thing that kept me chained up north was my restaurant, so I sold that. What kind of restaurant was it? A tapas bar. Okay. Um, it was great. It's still there. My ex-business partner still has it. Uh-huh. It wasn't even about well, it wasn't doing well. I just decided, as I said before, mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy the whole ride of my life. Yeah. As opposed to going to work every day going, this sucks. Yeah. You know, I'm going to deal with, you know. Whatever you need to deal with it, you don't want to for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be some, something better. Um, so the restaurant, I started dating my wife immediately after that. And up in New York. Up in New York. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, right. Yeah. Cause she's in Wall Street. So correct. Yeah. And we, when we decided to get married, we we <clears throat> decided to elope, and she was ne- she's never been here. So I'm like, the only place I'll get married is Key West. Right. We came down. We're here for a day. She goes, I can live here. And you're uh, like, oh, a year boy. a year later, we're looking, we're home shopping. Wow. Um. So getting rid of the restaurant opened up the ability to to create a path to make it happen. And the only thing that we knew before we moved here, my wife, that was that my wife could work from home, mm-hmm. and I would dig holes to make a living. Right. To be here. Right, you know that's probably the most careless decision ever made. But I'm a hard worker, so I'm like something's gonna happen. Yeah, if you have it in you to be a hard worker, mm-hmm. then it's always gonna work yeah. out. But I want to know that moment when you were like, "I have a restaurant." Mm-hmm. You started dating somebody that's up in New York. She was she was your wife already when you sold the restaurant? No, we started dating. Literally, I closed on my restaurant. We started dating about seven weeks after I closed the re- closed the restaurant. Yeah. I sold it. Yeah, yeah. so. 
you sell that because you're like, you wanted to move to Key West. The, it, it was so it was it percolating was in your mind. Yeah, it was a seed. Yeah, so you're like, I'm closing. I'm selling my shares of this thing. I'm gonna go do this. You meet this woman, and you're like. Oh, this hmm. may keep me stuck here a little bit longer because I'm starting to date somebody and then she becomes your wife. And then you're like, all right, listen, you come down hmm. here. She's like, oh, I kind of like this a little bit. You're and, like, and it's like, okay, because you don't want to uproot someone's life. Yeah. Now she's getting on the same page yeah. instantly. And it's like, okay. Now, were you afraid? I mean, you obviously knew her intimately, but were you afraid that, you know, that Wall Street life, especially for a woman, man, that shit is hard. Like you got to build up some tough ass skin to be working around with all these guys that are like trying to be alphas all the time. Mm. Were you, were you thinking she'd be on board to come to this quote unquote quiet life down here from that? I was hoping she would mm. because knowing so many people that have been in that industry for a long period of time, there's a breaking point. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. People, those people wind up drinking too much yeah doing too many drugs yeah there's got to be a breaking point and you know you're we're getting outside we're not even we're ruling out the commuting on top of that yeah and i remember yeah. saying to her you really want to do this crap every day yeah i mean she was commuting an hour and a half one way right her last commute right i'm like three hours um and that's I, lifetimes of yeah exactly time. i could never commute yeah. i commuted into manhattan for like a year and i'm like this sucks yeah <laughs> i can work 14 hours a day because right. i'm getting paid right but i i, I it bothered me that she was living that life mm. and it took 48 hours in key west for her to go wow this is awesome i can live here so obviously that seed was in yeah. her as well yeah and she i'm sure she saw the key west in you too right pr pr probably pretty yeah. much so she was like the the type of personality you were and you have i'm sure she was like attracted to that be coming from that like oh i'm in this yeah, world she, she worked with fucking douchebags wearing ferragamos yeah. all day long right they were like smacking her ass every five minutes exactly. i'm sure and you're like a quality guy and want to live the Where, real life and wearing like my my attire you know was part johnny cash right, part, right. you know fucking motorhead you yeah. know and i'm sure she I'm, you were i'm sure singing right or, or yeah right so i'm sure oh my wife wishes i sung so there was a little bit of that that i'm sure was the pull so she makes a decision to agree with you, right? Of like, let's do this. <clears throat> How long after you got back home were you packing bags and getting ready? Um, <clears throat> we came down here on our second anniversary and bought a house. Wow. We've come down every October. We were down here one day on our second anniversary. So two years after we eloped down here, we were on the contract of the house. But not even planning to buy the house. We had been looking at homes. Oh, okay. You know, looking online. It wasn't like you were walking around and you're like, let's go to this open house and let's put it off. We spent on our first anniversary, you know, we started looking at neighborhoods, trying to get an idea, yeah. then going home, looking at the market all year long. And, right. you know, it was fortunate enough, you know, you're talking about 2009, 2010. Yeah. Market already crashed. There was some Great. good deals down Great here. Deals. I mean, that really sweetened the pot. It's like, now's the time to make this move. Uh, because the market was picking a little bit up in yeah. the Northeast, mm -hmm. and there was still a lot of short sales down here. Yeah. So th that opportunity to jump on that, w and we did. Okay. So you do it. You had no work down here set up. Your wife's like, oh, I could work from home. What was your idea coming out here? I know it was like, I'm doing something. Well, so It was funny. Before we moved here, about two months before we moved here, just looking online for jobs, bartending job came available at the Hyatt, right. which I've stayed at before. Right. I applied for it online, Skype interview, I got hired. So I can't Wait, down it, here. let me interrupt. Is it the Hyatt that you stayed at the first time with your friends? You got it. Right, full circle. Exactly. Okay. Um, so... I was like, all right, well, look at this. I got a job day one. In fact, I had to move here like three weeks before my wife to start working. Right. Um, 
so, and I was there for about two years and I, I didn't think I'd ever go back in business. And when I was here, you know, you instantly know with the lack of overall stimulus, people socialize a lot here yeah. and people love getting together and having uh, get togethers at home and they, you know, food is a big part of the culture here and, right. and, and drinking. And um, there's a lot of great wine bars on this island. I'm not going to knock any of them. Mm-hmm. Get a great um, glass or bottle of wine anywhere. But my emphasis wasn't really on what came off of my mind was like, well, no one's really selling wine, educating right. people about wine. That's how this business model came up. And were you into wine before? Oh, yeah. So you're always into wine. Made it in the basement when I was a kid. Wow. You know, Dago Red. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every friggin' guinea <laughs> knows, how to, knows how to make head cheese and right. friggin' pasta and, yeah. and, and, of course, wine. Um, but when I worked in Manhattan, I was bartending on the weekends. And when I decided this sucks, I became a full-time bartender. And then a couple of years later, I realized if you work at a nice place... You won't have to run around all night like a nut job. Yeah. So working at nice restaurants, free education to wine. Yeah. And I'm being that I already liked wine. Yeah. You know, because so it's- you gravitated towards it. I gravitated towards it. And let's let's face it, I'm not, you're 26 years old. Are you going to spend $70 on a bottle of wine? No. Right. But when you can drink it at work and learn about it, free education. Yeah. Yeah. And then you probably were educating yourself when you bought your own wine to go- Okay, I'm going to spend thirty to forty dollars. It better taste really well because you're tasting so many here. So then, because you know, there's such a good sweet spot between twenty and forty right. for a great bottle of wine. You know, that probably saved my liver too. Yeah, because <laughs> because true. because you know, you know, playing in bands, whatever you're trying to uphold that lim- image. Budweiser, Jack Daniels. Yeah. After drinking wine and not have the the money to buy nice wine. Yeah. The decision started getting made. Well, if I don't go out and drink eight Jack Daniels on the rocks, I could probably spend thirty or forty dollars on a bottle of wine. Wow. I just got my um, uh, my physical, and, and my doctor was laughing. He's he congratulated me on being the being one of the only bar owners in town who's got a healthy liver. Right, exactly. I was like, well, good good thing I liked wine, and being that I couldn't afford to do everything, I yeah. made a decision. I'm so just you saved up wine. for the wine. And so, I thought you were going to say when you were playing gigs, you were like. The musician with like a glass of wine. I've never seen that. No, you have to, you know, to get over stage fright, Jack Daniels comes in handy. For exactly. That. Yeah, but that would be so great if you're like, okay, for my next song, hold on. And you like pour like with this beautiful wine glass. It's like $100 bottle of wine. They're like, who is this guy? That'd be really funny. Fans I play in, you got to maintain your trash image. So yeah. You can't really do that. Yeah, I don't think it would fit with the facade you got going <laughs> no. on. Anyway. So you're thinking about wine and you're like, there's wine at restaurants and there's stuff like that, but. I want to start a wine bar, right? You're not thinking like, I want to open up a package store where I'm selling the wine. You're like, I want to incorporate as a full wine bar. Um, I wanted to do what this place is, a European style wine shop. Mm. You're going to Europe, Italy, France. Um, all the shops have a little counter yeah. where you can, you know, um, some of the wines are available by the glass. Yeah. Um, and that, that really was the business model right there. Yeah. Um, the European model. In fact, the name Uva is Italian yes. and Spanish for grape. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to, uh, you know, dial in my heritage, right. as well as the feel of what this this place is yeah. about. It's so true because when I was in Europe, and especially when you're in Spain or any place in Europe, and if you have to use the restroom ever, and you do walk into a restaurant, you you're not allowed to just walk in and just use the restroom you have to buy something. So, like during that full day of let me go in, let me get a glass of wine. Let me get another glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're like, wow, this, I didn't realize how cool the experience is coming because there is 
the full restaurant, but then there's so many people just coming to the bar and it's not like a lineup of people that don't know each other that aren't talking. Everyone becomes instant friends. Everyone's having these amazing conversations. And that's kind of how it is here. In the afternoon in this place, especially the latter part of the afternoon, the funny thing is I got a handful of people. When they walk in the door, I'm like, oh, you're shopping, right? Yeah. They they plan on shopping, but they're going to get here. They're going to sit here, have a glass of wine, buy a bottle for dinner, and then buy their groceries for dinner. Um, That's the beautiful thing about this place. Uh, Before we were... When we were just bullshitting before, yeah. we were talking about the beautiful thing about this place is I don't want to see Target. I yeah. don't want to see Walmart. Yeah. You know, the thing about going, knowing your shop owner, having a conversation, I mean, that should be pleasurable. Shopping should be a pleasurable experience yeah. um, because if it's not, the only thing you ever have to look forward to that is pleasurable, and I can say this from my former life, was when you finally go on vacation. Yeah. When you finally sit down for dinner on Saturday night right. and you don't have to go to work on Sunday, right? right? Um these all these things part of your day should be pleasurable and i think having a relationship with who you shop with whether it be wine or clothes or you know uh, or meat yeah um um well you know i can rattle off all the businesses that i support and i know you've interviewed a few of them i mean that's awesome that i can go when i go into the local butcher market on white street i'm not going to go in and be out in three seconds because i'm gonna be bullshitting for a half hour with the owners and everyone else i know that's friggin' in there it's awesome i know it's it's a it's a really fun experience to go back a second third and a fourth time and see the same people meaning the owner is there where it's not just like some worker who doesn't want to work and they're actually here to cater to you but not as uh, a customer, but as a friend. And that's what I really love about meeting people here. Like I've been living here not that long and I've done 23, 24 interviews with business owners already. And it's like to hear their story, there's so many similar things in their story. And besides this place and the people, and that's why they're here, just the leap of faith to taking the chance that I don't give a shit. I'm doing this because life is worth living is the same thing that resonates with all of them. Well, well, this is the interesting thing about making connections down here. And you're going to come to find that people that come and go, like yeah, like changing underwear, because they come down here for the wrong reason. Yeah. I'm on the fucking vacation. I'm going to fucking tear it up every day. Yeah. It don't last long. Right. But the ones that do stay, mm-hmm. let's face it, we all left something behind. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're that coming down here for this opportunity to escape whatever it is you're getting away from. So you're already on common ground with a lot of people yeah. already b- before you even meet them down over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's so like, you know, we were, um, you grew up in New York. I did. I remember like when I was a kid, um, just as far as food and shopping goes, we didn't, I didn't go to a fucking supermarket until I was like 19 for the yeah. first time. Yeah. There was a seafood market. That's right. And, Al owned the seafood That's market. Right. And then the Italian pork store in my corner was yeah. Mario. Mm-hmm. And my mother would give me a piece of paper on Saturday. I'd be eight. Didn't, you know, back yeah. then you could fucking walk around. Exactly. I'd give, you'd hand the piece of paper mm-hmm. over to the guy, he'd slice your cold cuts, get your Italian sausage or whatever. Yeah. And there were times I remember my mother didn't have cash right then and there. Of course. Just tell Al, I'll, I'll pay for the fish on Monday. Yeah. Okay. And it's, right. I'm not saying that's a business model down here, but you want to know what? I've done that with my customers here. Yeah. They forgot their wallet at home. No problem. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's how we're it is. good. I it's mean, great. It, it's, it reminds us, right? There's, there's definitely the, the nostalgia in it for us to be able to talk about that. And then there's the younger generation that doesn't understand as much that. But if you think about it, like 
the connectivity that you're allowed to have face to face with people here is is awesome. And whether you're an introvert or not, you still have the ability to have that human touch, that human connection down mm-hmm. here. And if you want to go on Duval and that's it, and you want to go, because I, I know plenty of people that are like, they don't live in Key West and they're up an island or two and they're on this piece of land and they don't want to talk to anybody, but they're still happy going on their boats and doing their right. thing. And they love that. And then when they do come here into town, they wrap it up and talk to everybody who's around them right. and share their story and stuff like that. And then they go back and go back on their boat and have their little thing. So, I mean, I, that's what I love about it. I think a lot of the listeners love that. Um, I know you love that. I'm sure the people coming in here are like, wow, how do, how do I get into doing something like this? You, you know, when uh, I, I owned uh, a townhouse in New Jersey, because mm-hmm. when I opened my restaurant, I had, obviously I moved to New Jersey and I lived in that townhouse for 10 years. I didn't know anybody. I would watch people get off the bus because the bus to go to Manhattan, the express bus, was right in front of my development. They get off the bus, they look at their feet, and they take a beeline to their front door. Yeah. We'd sit out on the back patio. Or, oh, no. God forbid. We used to sit out on the front porch because yeah. that's what you used to do back in the day. <laughs> yeah. No one would say fucking hello to you. Yeah. You can't, and you can't go a block without waving to someone over here. And, you know, recently my wife and I were riding bikes and- we made it about three blocks and we had two conversations with people. My wife was like, I love living here. This is great. Yeah. You know, like that's just a light, lovely way to be because once again, enjoying the whole experience of your day, even if it is a work day, even if it is if it's on a trip as you're going food shopping or whatever, yeah. makes life special. Yeah, for sure. So you're deciding, okay, I want to have this wine bar exactly like what you have right, right. now. And- what was your first step? Did you know where you wanted to do it? I knew I didn't want to be on Duval. Okay. A number of reasons. A, the cost. Yeah. Um, n- number two is when I opened this up seven uh, years ago, especially the lower, uh, well, the northern side of Duval, yeah. if you will and all, I-, I looked at it as like, a, um, how can I say I want to open up a fine wine shop when there's bullshit all around me? Yeah. When you people want to get drunk and do shots and party. Exactly. You know what? If you're here for that- that's awesome. Yeah. But but after being a business, it doesn't work this way. You can't have something that you want to just like if you're in here now, there's the music is pretty damn low. There's no televisions. This is a place where people get social. Yeah. And it's about people socializing. Yeah. Um, how can you be next to a bar where the fucking music is blasting out on the street yeah. and there's people eating pizza on the sidewalk and there's guys banging on drums and all and that's awesome. Right. But you can't do a business like what I'm trying to do right. next to something like that. So immediately I knew that I'm, I'm going to be looking on the off streets. And f- I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. The location we're in right now was the first place I'm called on. Wow. There was brown paper in the window. Called up. Um, someone was opening up an olive oil store. I was late to the, uh, I was late to the party. I looked at a couple of the places. Nothing materialized. The people that owned this olive oil store lived a couple of doors away from me. And they were open for about a month. Uh-huh. And they always had a clothes sign on the door at Art Craft Show. Right. At Craft Show. Yeah. And I'd see them on their front fucking porch. Yeah. yeah. So I went up to them. I was like, hey, um, if you ever think about getting in that lease, let me know. Yeah. An hour later, they knocked on my door. Wow. Literally, an really? hour later. And that's how I got the spot. So I wound up talking about yeah. how things come full circle, yeah. things are meant to be. I wound up opening up in the place that I first inquired about for a location. Wow. And Fausto's was here, right? Correct. Right. So were you thinking like, oh, I like the location, but you know, people can go buy wine there. You, you know, every 
there's a business model that exists. Uh, here's the one thing that corporations have over the small business owner. They can employ market research companies. Yeah, they, can, they can hire psychologists to help them paint, tell them what paint colors to put in their fucking store and all yeah. that shit. You go anywhere. If there's a Lowe's on one corner, there's a Home Depot. Right. And if there's a McDonald's, there's, yeah, there's a, a Burger, Burger King, King. And, and no one's going out of fucking business. Right. What you do is the, the philosophy behind that. And this is actually remembered from school because I fucking remember Dick from school. But <laughs> at this part, I do remember. The one thing is the one thing that paid off. You create zones and you create and you expand the market. So Fausto's does a lovely job. And for a grocery store, they got some great wines in there. Yeah. But this is an attention customer service shopping experience yes. there are going to be people looking for that and i'm sure there's people that buy bottles of wine there that still buy wines over there and every other place on the island right my existence is probably making them sell more wine right because now more people are going oh shit and i hear this from there were tourists here the other day we're like we had no idea there was so much fucking wine in key west yeah because they probably went on the internet they saw pictures of friggin you know, yeah, maybe just they- you know, beer kegs, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to over embellish and all, but they were shockingly surprised when they saw the dining options and and drinking options yeah. they had in Key West. Well, that's the thing when if you market a certain way to cruisers, people on cruise ships, it's come down Duval, make the Duval run, um, go on some of these tours, right? So the marketing for that is not geared toward look at all these amazing restaurants we have. Look at these wine bars, look at these um, breweries, look at these different things, these options that we have here besides what's the quick, like, hey, you got four hours, this is all you can really do. And there's those people that do those things, which are great, like going to the Butterfly Garden and and all of those things, which are awesome for the tourists that's in and out, but to realize there's so many other options – is what brings them back. You you know, first of all, the Butterfly Museum, the museums – I love all that stuff. Yeah, me too. I love to see tourists ride the conch tour train. Yeah, me too. You're seeing the island and you're getting a cultural experience with yeah. good history thrown yeah. in there because the history is so friggin' unique over here. Yeah. Um, but there is a, a certain mentality that exists here. Well, that's the way we've done it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the way we've done it at yeah. all. And and, the, and there are those that might disagree with what I'm about to say and all, but I'm here 10 years and I've been dealing with the general public every day that I'm here. What's driving the economy of this island is not the cruise ship people coming off that right, boat. Right. Cru- the cruise ships that we have here, their vacation experience is the ship. Yes. It's not the destination where they got dropped off at. Yes. It's the people that come down here to go fishing yeah. and charter. And it's the people that are looking for this stuff. Oh, what do the locals do? Mm-hmm. Those restaurants, those bars, those shopping experience are off there. And there is no built-in metric to go, look how much money the city and county makes by the people spending money there. The only metric that the county and city use as a, a, a whole is what the what the hotel and lodging association yes. tells them. Yes. Because the city and, and county is collecting a huge um, um, tax income from that bed tax and right. all. But is that... So that's great. So a corporation who, who's going to take the money, pull it off the island, and not recirculate it in the economy here sometimes dictates or the perception of where money is being made here. Yeah. As you continue on these bod- podcasts um, and you go to different type businesses and maybe some of them are the same like mind, why don't you ask them how they do during certain festivals during the, during the year? Right. And you can see common thread. Um, Fantasy Fest is coming up. I think Fantasy Fest is awesome. I think it's awesome for everything that we do 
for those of us that live down here, the creativity of the people that live here, I mean, yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Local parade is amazing. Mm-hmm. Headdress ball is amazing. The zombie bake ride is awesome. Yeah. People are naturally quirky down here. Yeah. The people that fucking come down here, what they think of, their idea of quirky is going to Walmart, buying a sexy French maid outfit, cutting the panties crotch out of it, and look how quirky I am. Yeah. It's not fucking quirky. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Right. And those and those people that come down here, you get to the tail end of the weekend. Uh, the weekend, most of my friends that own restaurants, they're all they got to fucking close down. Yeah. So great. Fucking hotels made a shitload of money. Captain Morgan sponsored the fucking parade. My buddy down the block, Paul and Crystal, that own the um, Key West First uh, Legal Rum Distillery. You should uh-huh. go talk to them. Yeah, cause, yeah. Because he's a fucking character. Yeah. He's a fucking local guy that changed the laws to fucking distill booze down here. How come he doesn't have a fucking shot to fucking yeah. sponsor that parade? Because he doesn't have the money to compete with Captain Morgan. Right. You know what I mean? So where the true heart and soul and economic engine of this island are the fucking guys take and gals taking people out fishing on the water, yep. showing people how fucking amazing this place is, and the fucking people... Cooking your food, the service they provide when they when they serve it for you, and the friendly face that sells you a fucking trinket or some clothing to take home. That's the fucking heart and soul of this economic engine of this fucking yeah, island. Amen. Amen. For sure. For sure. I love that. Wow. That was like a rant and a half, I'm and I love it. I'm fucking dialed up, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coffee in him, and he's still no, like crushing man. it right now. That's, that's the edge, man. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have a... Ne- what, Life's passion, man. I know. You I know? know. Throw yourself. Me, dive in, bro. That's that's the if I looked in those veins, that's New York blood right there. That just fucking was A, man. That's right. Um, okay, so you're like, cool, it's perfect location. Um, in my opinion, perfect location. I asked about uh Fausto's because some people, and I'm trying to educate people in business on the podcast, would think that's a negative thing. I think it is a positive thing me being too. there because people go there to get food. And they see this as local, and then they see you running the shop, and then they get to know you, and they're like, on their way in or on their way out, let me get a bottle of wine so, from you. So uh, I'll give you the cliff notes of, yeah. of this. I opened up. I'd be open up at night. The bookstore was open up at night. That was it. So uh, this really wasn't like a part of town where locals went. Mm. Yes, the Tropic Cinema was around the block. A lot of people go went to the Tropic. Marquesa Hotel over here. But yeah. people would enter the Marquesa Cafe, the restaurant, yes. by coming down Simonton or other parts. Yeah, and there's a, a one-way street right. too. So I opened up. And after I opened up, Thirsty Mermaid opens up next door to me. Right. Assortments, um, they, those guys were the class of this block for a really long time. Yeah. They do. I mean, it's a wonderful shop. Joe and Claude do a great job. And they started that business years ago before there was any class in Key West yeah, on that yeah. level. You've got a pizza, Clemente's Pizzeria across the street. You've got the French bakery next door. Yeah. To watch all the people and especially the people that live here follow this whole thoroughfare, spending their money. Maybe they would have never gone into Fausto's with that frequency yeah. or never came to me. We're all feeding off each other and everyone's doing a really good job mm. over here. I mean, um, I mean, having a place next door to me, Thirsty Mermaid sells wine. Yeah. I fucking love that they're there. Yeah. They do. Tommy and Kristen that own that place, they're serving a, a superior product. Yeah. Their service sure. is great. The food they're is so good. They're just expanding the friggin' market, yeah. man. You know, and everyone gets along and it's working. I mean- from this whole um, trajectory, um, if you've ever talked to the guys at the Flaming Bowie, they used to be on the other side of Truman Avenue. They're good friends of mine. Mm. I've been sending them business for years because I think it's like a true Key West restaurant. And yeah. um, 
You can buy a bottle of wine here. They won't even charge a corkage fee to bring over there. Yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not taking money out of their pocket. Right. You know, they they know that. Why else would they offer that to their customers? Yeah, and they're friends with you. And it's nice to take care of your Exactly. Friends. Vignette Clothing Store, right up down the block on Southern Street. You go in there, you shop in there, they're going to pour you a glass of wine or, or bubbles. Mm-hmm. That comes from me. Mm. We send people back and forth to each other. We've created this atmosphere a local economy spending money in a circle i make it i'm gonna spend it here you're gonna spend it back with me and all and we're all moving forward right and uh, which is the most important thing producing quality product right so selling quality product which means when you know don't i don't want you to think of that comment of being like oh well everybody there is out to make money well yeah but guess what Everybody who's spending the money is super happy doing it exactly because they're getting great stuff from right. it and they're getting that attention. It's not coming in and going like ching, ringing the cash register and sending you on your way. Mm. You're you're getting it. You pay for an experience, right? So obviously, this isn't your first time in the restaurant business, right? You owned a restaurant, a tapas restaurant, which means I'm sure you had tons of Spanish wine. So you were like used to the buying and quantity of wine. So when you were opening this up, were you? Did you know? The selection you wanted to do and how much to buy. You know, I, I how much to buy. That that's tough. That's a learning yeah, curve right. when you open a business. Um, I I knew what I had in mind. My whole thing was always smaller production wines that cannot be sold in big box stores. Mm-hmm. Big box stores are selling wines. Um, they're buying futures on wines. Um, now a property one winemaker cannot make enough wine. For every total wine in the fucking country. Right. And I know people throughout the country are jazzed as one of them in their fucking neighborhood. Yeah. But they're cornering the market. And how does a big business make more money? You cut your you cut your cost. Yeah. So you're drinking shit. Yeah. And who's really getting killed, just so you know, is the farmer. They're the 100, first person. 100%. Killed. Because they're going to begin squeezing out the vineyards. Yeah. And then the good and then the good vineyards. Guess what? The internet's a powerful tool. They're like, fuck you. I'm not going to sell to Total Wine or anyone else. You're going to have to join our wine club and we'll ship it to you. And now they've created the retail price of the wine. So that's where we're going if all these box stores take over. So my whole thing was stick with the smaller production wines because there's more quality in that. Mm -hmm. And my first focus is on I want to sell first what I love because I'm only going to give someone an honest opinion if they come in here. What do you think of this? Yeah. Well, I don't like it, but... If this is what you drink, yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Right. You're scratching your own itch because you know these wines well. and you Exactly. And you don't want to have too many that you like because then you're going into that, okay, inventory is disappearing. Exactly. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, did you think ever, because you had a restaurant, all right, I'm going to sell food here too or, or, or have food? No. I, um, so you're like, I'm out of the food business. I'm out of the food part. Right. And you're like, you were like, I'm just going to get my liquor license and, and that's it. That's it. Yep. Okay. And then, um, so how long did it take before the business became profitable? You know, I, I, I told my wife when I did this, I was like, give me two years. Mm. Two years, not going to make money in two years, but I'm going to know if yeah. this is going to go. Yeah. And um, three, three and a half years, uh-huh. I started taking home money. Wow. Yeah. You know? So- was it a, a reduction of the bleeding every month after month? A reduction of the bleeding. And the whole thing is when I opened up, um, I had 18 wines here. Mm. So as you're making money, you're reinvesting it in your right. inventory. You're feeding the business. Yeah. So that's why it takes so long to make money. Yes. You're just Smart. Every penny you're making, you're just buying more wine. Right. It doesn't mean that the business is losing money so people understand. It's not like 
he's buying the same amounts of wine and the business is losing money all the time, it means he's investing the money and not into himself, into the business because whatever you feed grows. So right. that's what you have to do. God bless my wife. We lived yeah. off one salary for almost for four years. Wow. And she never fucking complained. Yeah. That's you great. know, so I got to throw that's a big shout out to my wife. She would wake up and go back to Wall Street, get my ass smacked all <laughs> yeah. the time or, or live with you who could sing me a tune and like as loving life. And, and definitely not a classy dresser I am. So, you well, know, I th- think there was a lot of downside going here. That's I think it's classy. <laughs> what you and I think is classy maybe is different <laughs> than everybody else. Um, so just so people understand, you're in business seven years now, right? Right. And three, three and a half years into taking any money out of the business, that's a that's a long time. Right. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of sweat. That's a ooh, you just saw a little bit of a bleep of an economy when before you started the business. It's getting frothy again. You know, there's so many there's so when you have a business like this, it's scary sometimes. And just like the restaurant business, that shit is scary to be in. And it takes three and a half years for you to get there, but it's like was there ever a year and a half into it, I, I can't do this anymore? No, but I remember somewhere during the first year I was driving home mm-hmm. going, oh, fuck. You know, just like going, It's not oh, going to work, fuck? Or? Um, just worried. Like, if, yeah. I got worried about probably eight months after I opened up. Yeah. I wasn't worried when I was opening. Right. But eight months afterwards, it was just like, you know, man, this is... You know, you, you begin doubting yourself. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's a complete head game right. that you're playing with yourself. And um, I'll, I'll never forget it. That was so Thanksgiving rolled around the first year. Mm-hmm. And once Thanksgiving rolled around, I started feeling better. Mm. Seeing, and, and I think what it was, if I remember right, was just seeing a lot of the same people coming back down. Mm. Retention is good because if you can retain somewhat. Yeah. Anyone new coming in, you can retain a percentage of those. Yeah. There's, there's your hope right there. It is. It is. Uh, I do marketing for some restaurants. And the big, not down here, but the big uh, key number is three visits. You want to market for three visits. Because if you can get that ass in the seat three times, now they're going to be more of a recurring customer. Mm-hmm. So you do all these little mm-hmm. things to do that. And it's not just marketing tactics to do that. It's the way you treat those people, like letting the staff know this is a first-time customer, this is number two, this is number three. And then if, especially if you're not in a major city where it's a numbers game, then it's more about the personality that keeps him the butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. But so what mm-hmm. was that, oh, fuck, to Thanksgiving time where – Besides you just seeing a couple more customers coming in where you like snapped out of that and said, I'm in it. Well, you know, I, I think by that point in time, you know, I literally had 18 wines on the shelf here mm-hmm. that were all of them hand sells. No one was coming in and go, oh, that's what I want. I'm going to grab it. Right. Um, my inventory had now just, and I maybe, I don't remember the quantity, but I probably doubled my list. Maybe I had three different wines right. here. And it was just the fact that, now there's enough wine here that it begins looking a little more appealing mm. here. And in my head went, okay, if I can just sell a little bit more and a couple more months, I'm going to be up to 50 and 60 wines. Right. And it's not just that the quantity is overwhelming. It's just that you've got something for when I think when you walk into a selection of 60 different wines, you've got something for everyone that walks and in. And what do you have then. here? 
What, what's your selection here? I'm like at 300 wow. different wines right Just now. Just so people have context of where we're at now yeah. compared to that. 18 compared to th- 300, yeah. Wow. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense, right? You're starting to, to grow the, the palate of your customer mm. because your customer now like I'm, before we were having people walk in and walking out and we're not purchasing because they didn't, you didn't have the wine they wanted. Well, when you got 18, yeah. only 18 wines. Yeah. You know, you're turning off a certain amount yeah. of people. So you're like in sales mode. You're like full sale. Let me, let me sell you in a good way on why the wines <laughs> yeah. I carry are off. Awesome. C- customer service yeah. will get you a good chunk of the way, Yeah, but you still got to have what someone yeah, right. wants or needs. You have to have that selection. <laughs> so once the inventory got to a comfortable level, yeah. was what it's like, yeah, mm. I think I'm good. I okay. think this is, I think, um, Right. We're so gonna make it. it was less about taking any money home and more about, okay, I'm starting to see the curation of what I have going on in the store that like, oh, I, I would I would like coming in here and seeing all this right. stuff. Like you're like maturing into what you would want to see as a customer. Too. You know, the other thing is that, that happened at the time was something that always like plagued me. So you you go up in Brooklyn, Staten Island, you've got a bridge and tunnel accent yeah you go to work in manhattan the first thing they tell you is you gotta fucking lose that accent yeah, right right so you know i they got I, the new I, york guinea accent I, too. exactly like so i learned to pronunciate correctly and you yeah. know you do all this you do this all this stuff and not that you're getting not being yourself but when i did this too and i you know i was so absorbed into the uh culture of key west my god my fucking accent just came back yeah. and that and, and so in new york if you jump me into new york city right now I probably can bartend. Yeah. But I am under no illusion that if I own this shop in New York, the average fucking Joe would come in, hear my mouth. Yeah. They're going to ask me my opinion on a $400 bottle of wine. It's not going to happen. Right. But Key West is so awesome. Yeah. It's like, it has actually helped me sound more real and more honest as being myself. I can't help it. My parents didn't speak English. You know what I mean? I fucking spoke my. My parents spoke broken English. Right. You know, my accent's horrible. I'm sorry this is the way I speak, but you're a product of your friggin' environment. Yeah. And it's made it, it, it I guess it, people want honesty. At yeah. least down here real. they do. In the world. Yeah. People want more real. Exactly. They really, really do. It, this is this is what I talk to people mm-hmm. that are trying to produce content or creating a personal brand or doing anything online. The perfect picture, the perfect look, the perfect all this stuff is not what people want. This is why, I don't want to say misery loves company, but if you go into a room and you're talking to these people that look like they're all put together and you're insecure because you're feeling anxious or you're dealing with depression or something like that, and then you're able to sit there and go, listen, I'm sorry I'm not paying attention right now. I'm just feeling really anxious lately. You see the me too's come out of people's mouths like nothing. <laughs> and the people look at you and the, this weight lifts them because you like open the armor up and expose yourself with something that is a scarlet letter in a lot of people's mm-hmm. minds. And then now they want to talk about that. So for you to be like, hey, listen, this is how it is. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm not going to try to hide. You got the tattoos, the earrings, you got the long hair, you got the A, hey, yo, and all that stuff coming out. And people like, well, obviously this is real because who wants to put on this act and look this way and talk like it's, this? It's not a good business wine. model, right? It's exactly. not like this isn't the someone that you know they sell it in France. You know, D- Dave Chappelle just put out um, his new stand-up Love special, Sticks and Stones. Yeah. Man, I think I should be required viewing. Yeah. I mean, you talk about disarming every topic and all. Yeah. And it, it, it's, um, you see, you know, right. You put it out there yeah. and people begin seeing things. Um, differently, you hold it in. Yeah, you're now one of the sh- you're one of the herd. Yeah, 
and mob mentality takes over. Yeah, yeah. We know the history. We know why <laughs> you love Key West. We we we're blessing your wife because she's awesome clearly right to go yep. on this ride with you like mm. mine is too going on these amazing rides taking these chances and doing these things what kind of kid were you oh man i used to friggin' read like a fiend really yeah i used to go in the closet with a flashlight and read like comic books or like <laughs> books man wow books beginning so to cool. end so cool. um you know like sports wasn't the greatest at sports um it, you, Growing up in New York, yeah. you played out in the street. Right. I was the youngest, shortest, and chubbiest out of all the guys in my neighborhood. So got, that was like a great experience because yeah. you're always the butt end of a joke. Yeah. And two things came out of it. You learned that they're still your friends. Right. But you know, like so you could take that ribbing and it gives you that thick skin. Yeah. Which is fucking kind of cool. And it's kind of fucking humbling when you don't come out of the gun number one all the time. Yeah. You know? Right. You gotta uh, hustle for it a little bit. More. Exactly. So a little mischievous. Yeah. Um, it's kind of in the DNA. Um, it's like an Italian DNA. Thing. Yeah, but I was like a weird kid in the, in the respect that I was really good in school, mm. but I had some out-of-the-box taste. So in the 70s, Saturday Night Fever blew up. Everyone yeah. wanted to be fucking John Travolta. Yeah. I wanted to fucking be Johnny Rotten. Right. You know, so by the time <laughs> I got to high school, and that's why I told you before, I fucking hated high school. Yeah. I'm sitting in, I got all honors classes, right? Mm. So all the fucking super smart kids are fucking looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Yeah. But I was on the same page with him. Yeah. I was also on the same page with my friends that skateboarded and were into friggin' Metallica and yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of all over the place. Mm. And it was a good experience because that was the best education in life. When you don't have just one interest like everyone else does, yeah. man, I can get along with anyone. Yeah. It prepared me f for life. So I had all type of friends, um, the guys that like um, um, sports and the intellectual types. Mm. Um, and that helped in my musical and music was a wonderful thing, too, because I loved all type of music, um, you know, because in high school, that kind of defines you. Well, what, what's, what exactly. music you listen to? Right. The younger generation might not understand that. Yeah. But back in the day, it was like, you a rocker or you Guido, exactly. you know? Exactly. exactly. That like formed your click by the type of music you listen exactly. to. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like disco, you know? Yeah, right. You know, I got a Donna Summer album hanging up on the wall there. You know, I'm yeah. like... I like disco. I fucking loved alternative music when it came out in the yeah. 80s. And also, it opened my world to all type of friends. So I think it was kind of unique mm. from where I'm from, at least, in yeah. that respect. And what about music? When did you get into music? When did you know you can sing and play? And You know what? I, the, the first time um, I saw a picture of Roger Dolce from The Who, uh -huh. I was probably like eight. Well, no. I, I'm, no I'm, Kiss. Mm. Kiss with your friggin' seven or eight years old, you didn't know if they were superheroes, yeah, or, comic or book heroes, like or music. But the, the, that imagery is appealing to a boy. The friggin' power of the music, that was my first musical awakening, was Kiss. And then by the time I was like nine, I bought my first Who album. And there was something, you know, the Who was great to me because they blew up the fucking stage. Yeah. There was that aggression that I fucking felt in yeah. me. But that imagery of, I'll never forget Roger Daltrey with the long curly hair. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be that fucking guy. Yeah. Because I know he's getting chicks. Yeah. You know, he you looks really it, fucking it, cool, man. Right? You know? Um, so you were like, I want to play an instrument? Or did you, were you singing on your own? Like when? Um, been playing air guitar since I'm eight years old. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, coming from a conservative Italian household, you know, you got to go work and make money. Right. So when I was in high school, there were no music lessons. My, yeah. I was a freshman in high school. I was working three nights a week at a yeah. restaurant. My musical 
endeavors started later in life mm. because I always did the conservative financial thing. Right. Get a job, work. Got myself in debt trying to get through college. Got mm. myself out of debt. Wanted to open a restaurant. Right. I had to pay bought a house. Bills. The minute I bought the house, opened the restaurant is when I started playing in bands. Wow. So now, I was but, in my 30s when I started like really getting into but it. But how were you playing instruments? Did you have an instrument? No, been fucking singing in the shower since I was a fucking kid, man. Okay, so I need to hear this story now. So you're singing in the shower and you're like and like everybody else, oh, I must I sound great because it's you and you're kind of ear blind to even what you sound like. And then what? There's an audition and you're like fucking I'm going to go. Well, you know, um friends of mine's bands in high school jamming with them. You know, because no one wanted to sing. It's the most, it's the most, everyone's embarrassed to sing when you're a teenager. Yeah. And my friends would just be jamming a leg of sing. So it wasn't really a band situation, uh, but I give a fuck. And so I knew it was friends are playing like in the garage and you're like, start singing. And- yeah. And it's difficult when you don't have any training and you don't have the right equipment. You can't hear yourself. So you're just kind of, you, you're just kind of winging it. And um, later on, probably like after I met enough people that did sing and all, you know, them just giving me some tips on things mm. to do at home, touch your throat, you got to feel it here. Right. And it's like, okay, well, I kind of think I know where my fucking range is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then in my 20s, start jamming with some people. And then when I was in my 30s going, you know what? I'll fucking, you know what? There are some people that are really, the best thing about rock music is you don't have to be the best vocalist. Right. You know, my favorite singers are, are like David Lee Roth and Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Frank Sinatra can sing the Chinese fucking dictionary, right? Yeah. David Lee Roth can't sing a fucking note. Yeah. But he's got that weird note. He's got that weird fucking note. And you, you tell me that guy can't fucking perform? Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So that's the beautiful thing about rock and roll. So I have fucking lived that rock and roll thing mm. so hardcore that like, am, like it's a weird thing going to a concert like the way it made me feel right knew i can fucking do that yeah so um the first time i performed on stage i was in like my my early 30s and was and everybody else like in their 20s part of the band or were they all your age all my age okay okay so everybody in the band is your age they're not like a bunch of 20 year olds and and you're you're what kind of what kind of music obviously oh uh, metal metal punk anything angry yeah i know that sounds silly and all but you know just no but it's a release i could see it it is and i love all type of music we were talking about earlier i love jazz i love everything i i love old rap i love johnny cash but being in a band that expression of like the performance that like hard rock and metal that's what i like always wanted to do and the reason i started doing it at the time is like you know what you're fucking it ties into everything. You spend all this time fucking working. There's got to be something more yeah. than defining yourself by, oh, I'm a successful uh, yeah. broker or yeah, business whatever. owner. And this is something I always wanted to fucking do. It's mm. like, you know what? I'll fucking throw my hat in the ring. Yeah. So cool. And so it it was more like a fun passion thing to do and less about like, all right, I'm going to make it here as a musician. It was like, oh, it was I just want to sing and play. Yeah. It was never about money or like fame or anything. It's like, ne- I'm doing the business thing. And this is like my, my, uh, Mr. Hyde, right. right. Of my life. You know what? My, my best friend, who's a ridiculous, um, a bass player. We went to the South of France and mm. two thousand when I was 32 wow. and we go to this bar and this, this, um, this bar we frequented all week. There was a band. There were French and Italian guys playing American hard rock. Wow. And we were talking with them, and um, they asked my buddy to come and jam. All right, so let me get this straight. So 
you're you're with you're with your friends and or the other members of the band when mm-hmm. you're in south of france and you have these uh italians and french people playing oh, right and hard so we, rock and- we were talking to them because obviously they, we look like rockers and they were like oh you would be honored if you played with us yeah so and this bar held like 400 people and these guys were fucking great musicians but they stood there they played the songs note for note perfect right the singer phonetically sang it in english perfect yeah but he stood there right and i'll never forget the first song we did we were like you guys know any van halen and they were like oh we love the van halen right we're like all right you know ain't talking about love and guitar player looked at the drummer like we figured that shit out and we just like yeah. tore the stage up. You're like, make room because there's going to be a lot of jumping. We, we tore <laughs> the stage apart. I mean, it was fucking amazing. And then they were like, you must come back the next night and right. play with us. So, all right. And for the next four or five nights, we jammed several numbers with these guys. And like to see the reaction of people, it's like, okay, I know the guy singing before me has a far better voice than I do. Right. But the stage presence. Oh, he's just there. Yeah. You know, he's just there singing four hours a night. Yeah. I just picture like the first thing that came to my mind was like Marty McFly in like Back to the <laughs> <Yeah>. Future <laughs> where he like is out there on the stage and everyone's looking at like, you. Yeah. What, what the are hell you is doing? Yeah. So, but I'm sure the crowd must have went crazy because it was like, re- you know, real American hard rock. It, it was. And when we got back, my, my best friend was like, dude, we need to put something together. Wow. And then, then that's when it really started getting quote unquote serious at that yeah. point. Yeah. And then uh, as somebody was coming in here, I heard you talking to him. He he runs the escape room and we'll get him on the podcast too. But you were, um, you, excuse me, you were saying something about your drummers going on tour. So tell so, me. So, it, you know, the world yeah. fucking connects us in weird, weird ways. So I moved down here. I opened the shop. This guy starts walking in the store. He looks pretty damn familiar. Yeah. I introduced myself. He's an architect. He's got an office right above me. There's mm-hmm. a studio above me. So I'm looking at him like, dude, you look really fucking familiar. And we're talking. Uh, his name's Will Shepler. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a drummer for <coughs> um, Agnostic Front, which for those not into the New York hardcore scene, was the, the, they just did a documentary on him called The Godfathers New York Hardcore. <laughs> These guys aren't going to go out and play football stadiums around the world. But to this day, especially in Europe, man, they're huge. They play festivals all over the place. Wow. Will dropped out of high school, joined the band when he was 17, was a drummer for 10 or 11 years, decided he needed some direction in life, right. became an architect. Wow. Moves to Key West, and I run into him here. And we're joking about, you know, we like all type of music, and, you know, but we fucking hate trap rock, and we yeah. think it's kind of funny and goofy. Yeah. So we'd be like, well, it'd be great just to jam, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, I got this little studio space where I set up a, like, practice drum kit. So I have a mutual, I have a friend that plays guitar. He's from down here. And I, but I, he's a couple of years younger than me, but I didn't know how, how, how heavy his musical taste was. And I right. started talking to him, and I'm like, dude, you know, we should go jam. And he had a friend that was a bass player, and we started jamming in this little room uh, with headphones. We weren't playing through speakers because yeah. we, we didn't want to scare anyone. Yeah. And we decided to put a band together. And But let, let me interrupt for a second. Isn't mm-hmm. that so funny? Because you got to be like, because I've always said I'd rather be a musician than a, like a movie star. Like, I don't want people to know me. I just, if I could sing like that or have those kind of voices and that talent, I would be love doing mm-hmm. that all the time. But it's like, it almost sounds like this is like my kid's 11. You would think this is how the teenagers do it, right? Right. They get together with their friends. Let's just jam. Next thing you know, they have a band. Right. And you guys are older doing it, which I love because 
you guys weren't afraid to be like, oh, we're too old or any of that bullshit that people say, those stories that do that. You're like, fuck it, we're going to do this. Right. Yeah. yeah it was, but, and to have three other guys that yeah, are like yeah, on the yeah. same page, like, fuck it, man. Yeah. We don't give a shit if no one's playing this music. I mean, we're playing Pantera, Metallica, Black Sabbath. Down we, here. Oh, Rage Against too. the Machine. And, and some of that stuff you might hear from yeah. here. We're doing the Misfits. Um, and the band has morphed into like more than that. We were taking like 80s pop songs and disco songs and revving them up a little bit yeah. and making parties out of performances. But as we started jamming, it's like, well, I don't want to play the bars until three o'clock in the morning. We're fucking drunken tourists. They're like right. yelling at me. Oh, right. Free and, bird. And you, and you have like a business too. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I want to, I want people to come to the show, not because it's just, we're going to drink and there's a band playing there. Yeah. So we, uh, the Key West Theater was having a perform like an open forum for locals mm. to do anything they wanted. Right. And we were the only band that showed up. Right. And and people were doing some great spoken word stuff and all. And then we we plugged in and so we're sonically different. And yeah. everyone was like, <laughs> I had no fucking idea. Like, especially people that know Will, because he's like a mild mannered guy. Yeah. He's got a kid down here. Like they don't know how badass this fucking yeah, guy is, yeah. you know? I used to be scared of him and his band because they used to beat up guys like me, because they right. were all fucking zipped head guys. Yeah. And we were long hairs. <laughs> yeah. You know, but everyone was like, holy shit. So what what it's morphed into is we don't play for money. We're not in for the money. We we the name of the band is Parrothead Massacre. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tongue in cheek on a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. We play for uh, various local charities. Mm -hmm. You come out, see us. Proceeds are going to go towards that cause. Uh -huh. um, hopefully, the venue is going to do well at the bar and have a good time. And we, our com next coming show is January 4th at the Key West Theater. Awesome. We're playing for the uh, Key West Wildlife Center. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone that's ever ho owned a home here, those become your best friends, the first chicken or bird that falls from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but we have a bunch of drag queens opening up for us. We got a DJ from Bourbon Street spinning 80s and 90s dance music. Mm. And then we're going to play a bunch of metal at the end of the night. That's great. And people have been coming out and enjoying it because it's kind of fun and it's different. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I get like, my yayas out. And then I go to work on Monday and go back to work. Exactly. And does your wife like that kind of music? Fucking loves it. Yeah, I bet she does. Damn it. I wish I could do that. My mm. wife's so jealous. She's hearing this right now and she's falling <laughs> in love already. Um, but that's so cool, man. It's so inspiring that there's no age you put on things. It's so inspiring that you're running a successful business. You made the decision to come down here. And it's inspiring that you're like, this is something I want to do that balances me. And you're just doing it. But the inspiration just to being in Key West, you look around and we're surrounded by so much creativity yeah. with no discrimination anything including yeah. age yeah and you see people of all ages doing some cool shit down yeah. here yeah. it's like you know what you if you you become part of this place it becomes part of you yeah and you don't look at things that way anymore right. it's so true it really is it's just art and there's so much of it breeding here that i'm getting a bug to do things artistic it's just great to have that energy and that freedom because there is no this is shit there is just this, right? And I love that about Key West. It's mm. one of my most favorite things. So to to start wrapping up, where where do you see the business going? You know, I'm under no dreams of grandeur right. that I'm going to franchise this. And yeah, but take it, it sounds like refer, refer, I, I got to interrupt you again. You are the dream is happening already. There's no <laughs> right. there's no to the dream. It, 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 exactly. It. Just you know what? Refine your product. Um. Not reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Wine's classic. It's not going to go out of style. And I don't think customer service ever should go out of style either. Right, right. So um, fine tune it as far as 
always looking for the best possible wine. Yeah. Come to work, do the best possible job I can do. And I, and th- that's really about it. As far as where I'm going with the business here, I'm not looking to cut costs so I can make more money. Right. It's just like, come to work, do a better job. And I think by doing a better job, having better product, I'm, you should, in theory, make more money. It happens. Yes. Uh, the fact that I'm fortunate enough. I love the people that come in here, yeah. the locals that come in here. It's like, why fuck up that? The fact that, let's say I decided to do something to throw it in the mix here. Maybe it'll help me make more money or whatever. To possibly spoil that I actually enjoy coming to work six days a week. Yeah. I don't want to fuck around with no that. No way. No way. And here's the thing. Uh, when the end goal is money, that's a short-term win, but never a long-term win. Just like being a bad person. There is sometimes a short-term ROI in being a bad person, but being kind and being nice in the long run always wins. So if you want to add something to the business because you like it and your customers like it, then you add it. Hmm. But if it's, oh, I'm going to make more money from it, it's then you might as well get out because it's on its way out. Right. And I made those mistakes in the past. We all did. Yeah. We all did. That's youth. Mm -hmm. That's called growing. I mean, there's a time in everybody's life where you're like, I want the Ferrari. It just happens to be that way, but then life changes. Some people continue to chase that to the grave. Other people realize, wow, you know, connection with a <laughs> yeah. human being is a little more yeah, important. You know, now this sounds like old man shit. Being north of <laughs> north of fifty and just going from like yearly physical. You're not goal. north of fifty, are you? Yeah, I'm fifty one. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at you, and, and it's like you look like younger than me. I'm forty five. You know what? It's the happiness of it's, life. It's happiness of life. Yeah. And that's at this point, I. Unless I win the Florida State Lottery, you know, there'll be no Ferrari. And I thought I would want a Ferrari anyway. Right. Well, you could rent it for a month and then give it back. And be done <laughs> right. With it. But you get to the point, you know what? I just want to be fucking healthy. I want my wife to be fucking healthy. Yeah. You know what? And, and your priorities change. And, and it's easy to feel that way because I'm happy where I live. Right. I, like, th- I'm here 10 years. And I'll, last night I'm walking my dog looking up going, dude, I'm so fucking Bless. So fucking beautiful yeah. here. Yeah. I'm so fucking yeah. lucky, man, yeah. that my only concern in life is staying healthy. Right. Being around for that. That's it, man. And yeah. enjoying and being able to enjoy the rest of the ride. Yeah. But, you know, it's a great balance between the business and the artistic side of it. And listen, wine in and of itself is art, right? The right. art of understanding it and learning about all that. So, um, unless everyone on this island is your customer already, you have a long way to go. Exactly. And that's a good thing about yeah, being in the people business. Hmm. So listen, it was a, it was, wait, I got a couple, I got a couple, before we get done here, we have a couple of things. One, favorite event down here. Ooh. Now, and you don't have to say, I, I know you won't say the typical things. You're going to say what you really mean. Oh, man. Uh, oh, you know what? The, this, the, the, um, Christmas parade mm. to see all those kids out in the street. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what? Listen, th- there's a lot of adult entertainment here. That Christmas parade, that first Saturday, everyone just from all over the county and the city out. That is the longest parade over here. It makes, you know, that was one thing. You come, you, you leave the Northeast. Yeah. There's no snow. It's right. like, all right, it's a really fucking Christmas. Yeah. And then the first Christmas season down here, you're like, oh my God, this is festis- festive in joyful yeah that fucking parade it and 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 the community comes together is like a reset after the whole fantasy fest season i go like oh my god that's right we we actually do live here all year long yeah it is a fucking community yeah so that 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 event right there awesome um 
What about happy hour? Place to go for a happy hour? Don't. No. I'm working. That's what I said. I was going to say, it must be here. And you know what, too? The older I'm getting, I'm not much of a day drinker. I know. If I go out for happy hour, well, I'm to me, happy hour early is like anyway. Seven. Seven yeah, is a happy like hour. I, I, I'll be done. Yeah. Okay. This is the, I've asked this question before, but this is the most important one for you. The best place to go for live music. Well, besides when we're playing at the Key West yes, Theater? Yes, of course. We cannot count you and your band because that's um, all the time. But. Little Jazz Room or the Green Parrot. Awesome. Yeah, I love I love both. I mean, Green Parrot is almost everybody says that because the lineup is there. And listen, the Jazz on Sunday there is really good too. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, and, and Little Jazz Room is awesome too. All right. So we will leave the listeners with your tip of the day. It could be um, new band you're listening to. It could be new socks you're wearing. It could be new hair products for the lovely long hair that you have. <laughs> it, could be, it could be anything. Um, my tip of the day won't be about a product at all. Okay, good. My, my, tip, my tip of the day probably will, will tie into this whole Ellen DeGeneres thing. Yeah. She's, the hero, she's my hero of the week right now. Yeah, I saw. I know exactly the clip you're talking about with George Bush, right? With her, with her yeah. and George Bush. And yeah. for her coming back, that whole be kind thing. And I'm, listen, I, I don't watch daytime television at all. That's my tip of the day for, for for everyone. Yeah, it's okay to disagree with people. Yeah, and we live in such an eclectic place and all. Own it. Yeah, yeah. Own it all. Even if someone doesn't agree with you, religiously, politically, and all, fucking own it. Yeah, Hurt. be kind to that person, and that's it, man. Yeah, you don't have to not be friends and not be nice to somebody because they. One's Jewish and one's Christian. Not at all. You're you're gonna miss out on the experience of life yeah. if you pigeon yourself into a clique. Yeah. So that whole Ellen thing was just a refreshing thing for me. It's like you know what, you go, girl. And you know what Absolutely I love about right. it? That's the kind of shit we need to go viral, and it is. So yeah. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Listen, Mark, it was great to meet yeah, you. Yeah, Mark, thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, how about before we go, a little a little music, a little serenade. <laughs> I've got something to say. Yeah. I killed your baby today. Doesn't matter much to me what she said. Hooray! Just waiting for your friend. One last breath, one last caress. <laughs> and that's exactly how we end the show. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye. Hi, everyone. One last thing before you go. If you can, please leave a comment and rate the podcast in any of the apps that you listen to us in. It'll mean the world to us. That's it. Have a great day. Bye.